Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Let's Go Girl podcast, our first episode of the new year. Happy 2022. It is going to be a great year. 2022 is not ready for us. It's going to be amazing, and I know it will be because there's going to be tons more podcast episodes, but if you're new here, first of all, hi, welcome. I'm so glad you came on to listen today. My name is Maria, and I am your host, and today we are talking about what might be the hard truth about New Year's resolutions. It's something that we've probably all thought about and second-guessed before in our lives, but we've never really faced it before. At least, I haven't. So, I researched quite a bit for today's episode, thought for quite a bit of time for today's episode, and I'm excited to share what I found and what I feel about New Year's resolutions and how I don't really believe that they may be the best solution to starting the new year. So, that's kind of my general take, but we're going to dive into the history of New Year's resolutions, why they can be problematic, and of course I tell you how to kind of avoid some of those problems that you can if you're setting some goals or resolutions. I also talk about some of the most common New Year's resolutions, which it was really fun to look at these, and I also talk about some intentions that I will be taking with me into 2022 and maybe you will as well and it will inspire you a little bit to think of some intentions for yourself rather than resolutions and we'll talk a little bit about what I think each means. So we have a lot to cover in today's episode. I think this is a great way to start off the new year and a new set of podcast episodes. So if you are ready, make sure you are subscribed and of course that you follow us over on Instagram. It's at Let's Go Girl Teen Life. I post a ton of content over there that you don't want to miss and share, rate, review the episode, all the things. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so as I said, we were going to first start talking about the history behind New Year's resolutions, which I think is really important to touch on before talking about a more modern version of New Year's resolutions. So we're going back in time. I did a little research on this and I will leave links to the sources that I found this information from in the show notes if you would like to check those out and learn a little bit more for yourself. But basically, I have found that the New Year's resolutions that were used or were created in these ancient societies were very different from today's more modern interpretations. So 
The ancient Babylonians were actually the first group of people to hold celebrations honoring the new year in what is called the Akitu Festival. I'm so sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's called the Akitu Festival. And this was around 4,000 years ago, which is a long time. So their version of New Year's resolutions was basically to declare their royalty to the reigning king and to make promises to gods to pay their debts in the coming year, which they didn't celebrate New Year in January. I believe it was a couple months into the year. We'll talk about next how January was pronounced as the first month of the year in around 46 BC, so in ancient Rome. And Julius Caesar was the one to establish January 1st as the beginning of the new year. As I said, this is where January came into play. And we still believe this and we use this concept in 2022. So January was named for the god Janus. I'm pretty sure i i don't know how to pronounce this i'm so sorry but it was named for the god janus who inhabited doorways and arches so the romans made promises for the coming year because they believed that in inhabiting doorways janus looked into the future which is kind of cool kind of a cool theory so these ideas continued to evolve in different cultures and religious groups as others did throughout the years, but by the 17th century, these promises were starting to become known as resolutions after a Scottish writer named Anne Halkett wrote a diary entry in 1671 with pledges in it, and she titled this entry Resolutions. I'm not exactly sure how this was found out, but I think that's a really cool way that the term resolution started. And then later, in 1813, a Boston newspaper was the first recorded use, or in a Boston newspaper was the first recorded use of a New Year resolution in article form. So, the first use of the phrase New Year resolution which is very cool. Again, the links to everything I just talked about from the articles that I researched will be in the show notes for your convenience. Okay, so we've talked about history, but obviously the idea of New Year's resolutions and goals or whatever you want to call it has developed plenty to where we see it in the modern world in 2022 now. So, I wanted to dive into why the truth about New Year's resolutions might be hard to face. And nothing, again, I want to preface this, nothing against people who make New Year's resolutions, because as an Enneagram 3, I have done that plenty in the past, like many times. So, During my research, I found that majority of the past years, less than 10% of people successfully kept their New Year's resolutions. So that statistic has me questioning, where can New Year's resolutions be problematic and where can they fail? And 
lucky for you, I have searched the World Wide Web that we all love to find the five most common answers to this pressing question of mine. And I'm not just going to leave you hanging with what not to do. So I've come up with some strategies and solutions to help you avoid these five common resolution mistakes if you choose to make some version of resolutions this year, which I will be, and I'll talk about that later on. But these are honestly just good things to remember if you're trying to make any sort of goal or positive change in your life. But I also thought that it was very interesting to see what most people commonly do that does not help them successfully achieve their goal. If that makes sense. Okay, so number one, a lot of people try to do an overnight change. And this is one that I completely agree with could be a very common mistake. It's one of the top five, and I believe it. Because let's face it, making huge changes overnight are just not going to work out. They're not. And that's what a lot of people do. January 1st, they're like, I've eaten junk food for the past year every single day I'm gonna eat healthy today and expect themselves to do it every day of the year or they're like I'm not gonna order food out anymore and they spent thousands of dollars the past year on uber eats like you're not gonna see an overnight change nothing really in the world changed from December 31st 2021 to January 1st 2020 like the world did not change that much so If that makes sense, trying to do an overnight change is not going to work out for you. But my solution is to take it slow. Focus on one aspect of your big change at a time and start implementing this one aspect week by week. For example, I think I talked about this concept in my first episode about setting goals where I gave an example that if you currently go to bed at midnight... It's not going to work out very well for you if you one just if you one day just decide to go to bed at 9. You have to start going to bed at like 11:30 for a week and then do 11. Then eventually you'll make it to 10:30, 10, 10 and 9 p.m. But you have to give yourself small increments of change for it to actually work. Does that make sense? Number two, another common thing is a lot of people don't enjoy the process. And I thought this was very interesting perspective and one that I feel is actually really personally true for me and my past resolutions. And the intention with setting a resolution, right, is hopefully not to add stress to your life, but it becomes stressful when you're trying to force yourself to do something that you hate. And I think it's very hard for a lot of people to realize that and to actually face it that they don't like what they're trying to do. They know it's going to benefit them, but they don't like it and it's really hard. And I think that's a hard thing to face and to come to terms with. But my solution would be to implement aspects of something you love to do as you're trying to achieve your resolutions. For example, if you need to start exercising more and you know in your head you're like, I've been sitting on the couch, I've exercised in the past and it's made me feel pretty good, I know it will positively benefit myself, but you absolutely hate every workout you've ever done in your whole life. 
but you love dance. You need to take that passion of yours, which could be dancing, for example, and start doing Zumba workouts. Start doing dance cardio workouts. Start listening to your favorite dance songs as you work out. Take anything that you love to do and put it into this resolution to help you. Or if you love watching TV, walk or run on the treadmill and watch your favorite show. Listen to your favorite podcast. For me, that's the easiest way to, for lack of a better word, ease into this kind of resolution. So take anything that you have an interest or passion and find a way to implement it in your resolution. Okay, number three, a lot of people don't track their progress. And I think by tracking your progress, you're only further motivating yourself to keep going in your goal and you can visually see the progress that you made. So this is a no-brainer for me to track my progress. And I think it's a very easy thing to do. So why not? You should totally do it. If you're setting a resolution, track your progress. My solution, again, it's super simple. Take a notebook, take the notes app on your phone, a notepad, whatever. And you can either make some boxes and start checking them off or write the date you completed your task or even take a picture of yourself after you completed the task. Or if you're trying to eat healthier, if you're trying to eat at home, take a picture of the meal and place it into an album on your phone and you can look back at your progress. It's literally so easy to do and it helps tremendously in achieving your goal and staying motivated. Okay, number four. A lot of people don't have support, and this causes major failure in resolutions. And I completely agree. When you're attempting to make big changes in your life, it can be really, really tough to do it alone. But we all know strength in numbers. So finding a support system is so important. It's absolutely necessary, especially if you're really trying to make some bigger, more substantial changes to your life. So my suggestion is to find either one or two types or groups of people. I'll understand in a minute. So number one, option number one is to find a group or a person who is looking to complete the same or similar goal as you and basically tag team, do it with them. Go to the gym with them in person or post on a group text a picture of the item you just baked or do a Zoom meeting periodically to check in with them on the goal. Again, strength in numbers. You're doing it together. It'll help you stay motivated. You'll help motivate them. It'll be a great time. Or if you don't have somebody that's interested in doing the same thing as you, you can also take a person outside of your goal and explain your goal to them and you just need to communicate how you would like them to support you in it. Would you like them to check in weekly with you about it? Could they send their encouragement in some way that you would like? Either of these ways are great. They're ways you can be supported in achieving your goal, especially if you are trying to make some larger adjustments in your life. Okay, and then the last one for common mistakes that a lot of people make is knowing your what, but not your why. And I believe, honestly, that this is the biggest reason of failure. And it can be a really, really hard thing to face. And 
This is really one of the top things that I think contributes to why a lot of people are now realizing that resolutions are maybe not the best way to go and maybe realizing the truth about them like I'm talking about in this episode. But I think that you can overcome this if you specifically target your goal and the more you specifically think about the benefits and the results of the goal, kind of like manifesting it, you'll be more encouraged to complete it. So my solution to this is if you decide to sit down and create some kind of goals or really this All of these things that I'm talking about for things that a lot of people do wrong can translate to a lot of different areas of your life and not just setting resolutions at the beginning of the year. So I think that for this one specifically, if you write down the reason that this is so important to you and that you're dedicating your time to this goal, because to be honest in the long run, we really don't have extra time in our lives to be sitting around wasting that precious time on unimportant things. So if you sit down and know the reason why you're doing this, you'll be more motivated to do it. I wholeheartedly believe that. So as I said, I recommend if you're planning to set some sort of goal or intentions or resolutions or whatever you call them, hop on over to our Guide to Setting Achievable Goals episode. Again, I go step-by-step in depth. It's personally, I think, one of the most helpful episodes I've ever recorded. I know it was my first episode, but I took a lot of time to really go through and step-by-step with a lot of examples on how you can set amazing goals and be successful in them because that's the end goal, right? So I'll link that down below for you. Okay, moving a little bit more into less deep and heavy, truthful topics. Let's talk about some of the most common New Year's resolutions. I did a quick Google search, and I always think this is, like, so funny. I like watching the part, the family feud part, where they pop up the answers, the most common answers. I think that's so funny and fascinating to me. So, I looked it up, and there's 10 of the top most common resolutions, and let me just name them and then I'll explain. So number one is to exercise more. Number two is to lose weight. Three, to get organized. Four, to learn a new skill or hobby. Five, to live life to the fullest. Six, to save more money or spend less money. Seven, to quit smoking. Eight, to spend more time with friends and family. Nine, to travel more. And 10, to read more. And while I think that most of these resolutions are great if you're doing them in the right intention or mindset and for the right reasons, I was thinking the other day about some intentions from the traditional New Year's resolutions that I believe we can all focus on in 2022. So things that are unique 
from this list of top 10 things you might never have thought about before that I only thought of recently and have heard of recently and I thought they were such great ideas that I really want to take in with me to 2022 and yes I said intentions because for me that means something more like with a plan and a purpose and it's almost a little bit deeper than resolutions I feel like Nowadays, we just throw around the word resolutions, which even, you know, I've been talking about it for like 20 minutes already, the word resolutions, but I think that with the word intentions, it stops people a little. They're like, huh, I've never thought in using that word, and I think that by setting an intention, it's really something to think about or to do every day. It's not just a general improvement or change. It's a mindset, almost. I know everybody has opinions about this, but this is just my view on it. I could, of course, do more research as everybody can. And to be honest, this topic is a little bit confusing about the resolutions and what people think and what people like and don't like. So, This is just my thoughts on it. But anyways, here are, I found four of some intentions and things that I'll be thinking about in 2022, and I hope you will as well. Okay, so number one is to curate your social media feed, and I feel like this can be two different things for this. Number one is social media can be the easiest way to cut people from having a negative impact on your life let me explain first of all if you're trying to get rid of some toxic people in your life like unfollow them on social media mute them block them it's literally a button it's the easiest way and it will do you so good we're done with those people in 2022 we're also done with comparing on social media because guess what? You can unfollow those people too. If you're comparing yourself to some other people, unfollow them, mute them, block them. You don't even have to do that forever. You can come back to them if you're feeling in a better mindset, in a better place about them and yourself. You can come back to them. You can click you can click follow again, okay? But It's so easy. If you are getting into a rut of feeling like you're comparing yourself to a certain person and they're just not doing it for you, you're not enjoying their content and it's bringing you more harm than joy, unfollow them. Unfollow them. Just do it. It's so easy. You will thank me later, okay? Go right now on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, on whatever else you do. Unfollow them. Meet them. Block them. It's so easy to do. Trust me, letting go of those people at the start of the year, it's a weight lifted off your shoulders, okay? And you're not annoyed every time you go to scroll on Instagram. You're not feeling bad about yourself every time you go to scroll on Instagram. Curate your social media feed to what brings you positivity, fun, joy, love, light. Like, you have the power to do it. It's your Instagram account. It's your TikTok account. It's your Twitter account. Your Snapchat It's very easy to curate your social media to feed, to only radiate positivity for you and to inspire you. So get rid of those people that don't. It's very easy to click unfollow. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, anyways, 
<laughs> the other meaning of curate your social media feed is to curate it to be more positive, kind of like I said in this last one, but to get rid of the people that are wasting your time on Instagram, which I feel like is a little bit different than like the comparison thing. We don't have a million hours to be scrolling on social media every day. And personally, I follow people that I love to see their life and I love to see their inspiration and hear them and they inspire me. They give me fun ideas and things like that. They give me whatever, maybe fashion inspo or food inspo, all things like that. But I don't have time to be scrolling for days to get to them on my feed. I just want those 5, 10, 15 people that I want to see every day to pop up on my screen. And I know the algorithm is crazy, but if you cut out all those people who are not serving you that maybe you just clicked follow like one time because you saw one TikTok of theirs, go through the people that you are following on your different social media apps and clean them out and you will feel so much lighter and spend less time scrolling because you get what you want on TikTok and Instagram and you leave. And obviously that's not the point of the apps for the companies at least because they want you to stay on there as long as you can and consume all these apps. Not the apps, the ads. (laughs) But you don't need to be following a thousand people. I feel like I was just clicking follow because other people that I followed followed them. But they weren't doing anything for me, and I was annoyed that they were on my For You page. But I can easily get rid of that. So that's what I mean by curating your social media feed in a different aspect from the comparison and toxic people sense. I hope that makes sense. Okay, and then number two is to be intentional with taking pictures and videos. This is one I really want to focus on, and I think a lot of people can really, really, really make an improvement with this in... 2022. So there can also be two meanings for this. Number one is to either take more videos or photos. If you feel like you don't take enough, this could be a good thing to think about in 2022 to just snap a quick photo or video and you have that memory with you. But I think that nowadays some people have this instinct to immediately when something is exciting or good or even not so great is happening they immediately pull out their phone to start recording for god knows what i don't know for instagram for snapchat for just their camera roll they just immediately pull out their camera and their phone and they start recording and I think that this year we can work on acknowledging that it's okay to have some memories just in your mind. I always see at Disneyland, at concerts, at sporting events, at all kinds of different events like that, people record the whole thing. They record the whole fireworks show. And I've done this myself before, I think at a concert. And to be honest with you, I I don't think I've ever gone back and watched that video before. Ever. 
And the songs that I did not record, I can remember so much more than those that I did because I was there in the moment. I was screaming my lungs out. I was looking around to the people around me, having so much fun, jumping up and down, dancing, smiling, singing. I have so many more vivid memories like that than those that I was worried about getting the perfect shot for my video on and getting the perfect angle for my picture. So I think that it's important to take pictures to remember the moments and to have to look back on if you're missing somebody. I I think that it's so important to have pictures with them. But I think that we don't need to pull out our phones to record all of it. Take a picture, put your phone away, and look around. Feel and see the joy of other people. Feel the joy of yourself. Be present in that moment. And I think that a lot of people always set intentions to be present, but they don't think about things like this. I think that taking pictures and videos, again, are so amazing, but cutting back on them can be one of the easiest ways to stay present this year. So I think that we need to remember to take a picture to capture the memory, but put our phones away and feel the moment rather than finding the best angle for the moment. And I think that's something I really want to work on. And I hope you will too in this coming year. Okay, and then last two ones. Number three is to exercise for your mental benefit. This was the number one common New Year's resolution, as I said earlier. And I think that with social media... I talked about this, I think, in the Unrealistic Beauty Standards episode, which is also a great episode. I can link that one below. But I talked about this a little bit there on the standards and things like that for having this idea of a perfect body in that social media has created. And I talk all about that in the episode. But anyways, I think that this year we need to talk more about exercising for your mental health benefit because personally exercising is so hard for me to do it's very hard for me to get started and to do it but by implementing things that I love like I was talking about earlier it's made it easier and I just feel so much better mentally after I do it it's a very positive thing to do and it has a positive impact on my mental well-being which I think it's really important to talk about because we're so focused on exercising for health benefits, which there are so many health benefits, but I think we need to be talking about doing it not solely for feeling better mentally, but more for feeling better mentally, if that makes sense. So I think that's something to take into 2022 that we're not exercising just to lose weight, to look better, to get a bikini body, to do stuff like that. We're exercising to feel better mentally and to be more positive and things like that. Exercise for your mental benefit. That's something I want to work on this year and I hope you will too. Okay, and then last thing is to find your true style. Again, with social media, products are being pushed on you all the time. And I can't say much about this because 
my Instagram account, I recommend a ton of stuff because I like to give inspiration. I look on Pinterest all the time. It's one of my favorite apps because there's so many amazing creators on there with so many amazing outfits and hair and makeup and rooms and aesthetics and all the things. And it gives me so much inspiration. It's so fun for me and positive. But I think that this is the year to find your own style, to curate your closet, to find your own style of hair, of makeup, of whatever else you do. Find your own style this year. This is the the year. It's the year. 2022, I can feel it. And it's a great time to experiment with style. Don't feel like you have to hop on every trend and find your unique self. Don't be afraid. So, that's my four intentions that I will be taking into 2022. Let me know if you have any other ones that are amazing that I should be thinking about. But that about wraps up this episode. And I think that this was a very interesting one to talk about. I hope you enjoyed it and got any little tidbit of information or inspiration or anything from it i would hope you would and make sure you are subscribed and of course following our instagram all of the links that i talked about to anything will be in the show notes below and you can just go ahead and click that i will see you next week with a brand new episode bye